Check these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. We got to bring the energy today because you know we're talking gold rush. 49ers defensive linemen. This is going to be absolutely exciting and fun to talk about. And we're not just going to talk about it because we're going to be watching video as well. Breaking it down because I think we have a pretty good idea. Not just what these guys can do, but what they can do in the future. I mean, man, listen. This is this is my favorite. Well, second favorite because live live stream Q and A's are also like that. That's probably the tip top of my list. Uh, but this is my second favorite thing to do on this channel. Yeah. Right. Film study breakdowns, breaking down the film, looking at it, talking about it, and, and trying to draw conclusions. Because as fans, that's about all you can do. You can speculate, you can look at things and try and predict what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, you don't know. Yeah. You gotta have fun with it. This is the most fun. This is the most fun that you could possibly have. Well, you can't always get full context. You know what I mean? Also like true. even when you're watching OTAs and also stuff, true. you see them going through drills and stuff. Right now, it's fine. But anytime you're talking about plays or implementation of you know, the systems, you have no idea how the coaches are approaching it because you don't know what their playbook looks like in their approach. Mm-hmm. The one good thing we do know, because we don't even know how these players are going to ultimately be used. Correct. We just have to go on what they've already done and then try to forecast what they do. Well, and then and look and look at what the Niners have done, right? Yeah. What the philosophy is, what the scheme is, you know, what their ideals are for their defense and what they're looking for out of certain positions. And then look what the what pieces you have, right? What yep. pieces do you have on the chessboard? What can you do with those pieces? Do they fit your overall game plan and strategy here? Um, you know, and then and then if they do, great. How can I utilize them in a variety of ways? And if they don't, is it worth keeping them around? That's what cuts are, basically. That's yep. exactly what it is. And uh, we got 11 guys. 11, 11, folks. Yep. 11 to break down. Because they could all make this team. Every single one of them has an argument to be made. Yep. We're not going to be trying to make the arguments for them. We're just going to talk about what they bring to the table. And the first guy on the list is the guy that everyone's excited about, right? When you talk about Revenge of the Gold Rush, this is the first name that comes to mind because this guy, Lil Bear, Lil Bear's looking for some revenge this year. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the picture on Instagram, but it's it's a picture he put up and he's, he's ready to come back. It's him, Fred Warner, and Dre Greenlaw looking down on a player. Uh, Green Bay Packers running back, and they're just like looking down on him. He's ready. He's ready to get going. No, man, that was a it's an incredible picture. It and, uh, really gets me uh, juiced and excited. Not not Kyle Juicecheck juiced, like actual like juiced with excitement. Uh, but no, listen, film breakdown. Let's get to it. Right, yep. we got Bosa up first. This is a this man is impressive. That is, yeah, the, that is for sure. The element he adds to the game is that they have to worry about this guy every single play. Not just in the run game, but in the pass game, he's a all four, you know, all three down uh, pass rusher and edge player, um, right there. I mean, just playing his position and getting after Rodgers. It's, it's so impressive to watch. Oh yeah, no, it it really is. And and the way he puts his he puts his hand in the ground, right? The way he gets off the ball, the jump, his first step, his first step quickness, man, is it's just yeah, it's next level. It isn't D Ford levels of quick when D Ford's healthy, but next to D Ford, uh, there might not be a faster guy in the league with a first step coming off the ball like this. Uh, and the other thing is too is this the dynamic with which he plays and the relentless relentlessness. Yes. He is relentless. Uh, he doesn't quit. He, he if he can't beat you on the first go, can't get you on the rip, can't get you with a bull rush. He's gonna spin. 
He's gonna fight. He's gonna rip. Swim. He's, he's got. He's got all the tools, right? He's got all the tools, and he's had those since he was a rookie. Yeah. So now a full off season, right? A full off season to get healthy. Full off season to continue to work and develop. This guy is motivated and primed for a huge, huge 2021. Yeah, it's great technique. Watch this right here as he goes against this offensive lineman. He's going to use the arm under. Look at that little rip move, the dip underneath. That's how you bend the corner, you know, get where you need to go. Um, his technique and hand placement are some of the oh, best man. there is. It's next level. Um, yeah, that's why he was so ready to make an impact as a rookie. Um, I think that the fact that he's coming back off the injury, he's going to be focused more on even getting that stuff better, getting it tighter. Um, him and his brother have each other to work with and they are always trying to get better this guy is a real workhorse and the 49ers missed him so much no they, they really did and and i think that's one of the things with him is is the balance he plays with also he can he, he everything he does looks full speed and when he's bumping into guys and like you said hand placement checking a guy pressing away trying to create separation from the d lineman after pressing to close the gap yeah. distance the fact that he's able to do that at full speed maintain balance change direction it's what makes him so special and so unique. It's why it's so difficult to block him one-on-one -on -one in space. That's why teams have to send two guys at him. But you can't do that if the rest of this D-line is playing at an elite level. But when he's on the field, it's a lot easier for every single other guy to shine. It is. And he's he disengages from offensive players um, probably better than anyone else on the team. Yeah. Um, and even though he's not like elite <clears throat> at it yet, he's still one of the best on the team at doing it. And I think he's going to get elite. And when he does, he's going to be very hard to stop. Nick Bosa so needed for this defensive line. And with him, like you said, it makes everyone else better. And as we talk about everyone, you'll understand what impact he makes. That's why we had to start with him, because he's the one that's going to set it up for everyone else. No, I, I agreed with you there. If you if you don't have Nick Bosa, and we saw it last year, right? Nick Bosa's not on the field. The way the game plays out defensively, the way your D-line is able to have an impact on the game, changes and shifts dramatically yep your dbs have to be able to cover better longer longer as well and teams teams can focus in on guys on certain situations in which they think that guy may have a key matchup which makes your d-line less effective overall yeah and it does hurt us in the run game as well because oh yeah he, he's very good at stopping the run mm -hmm. that is accurate indeed next guy on the list mr belly rubs himself oh good old eric armstead this man right here can i think it's prime oh absolutely i can um, I think that because this is going to be right away when you're talking about Nick Bosa, he Armstead was affected the most by Nick Bosa not being there. Accurate. You know, because just the things that he does, um, he was getting a lot of the double teams. This right here against Dallas is later on in 2020. You see him playing um, where he's going to run a stunt mm -hmm. and he's going to go inside and he's going to get to the quarterback. This kind of stuff is every single game when Nick Bosa is on the field because Armstead is going to be able to do these things. So that's why I wanted you to pause it and kind of set it up that way because Eric Armstead has the ability um, and he proved that in 2019, especially when he's playing with good players and he's going to be playing with great players again. And sure. Nick Bosa is a big reason why. And these are the stunts, the kind of moves that he can do, especially in the past game. And I think me and you both think that he would be um, a lot better at when he moves inside on obvious pass downs. Bosa and some of these other guys are going to give the Niners the flexibility to do that. Agreed. Peter Novak agrees too. That's why he just subscribed. Thank you, Peter so Novak. So shout out to Peter Novak there for that wonderful subscription. And back to the film breakdown. Because the stunts that you can pull with Eric Armstead, like we just saw there in this right. clip, and we'll rewind it for you so you can see him there on the outside, stunting inside. And he's inside a hider. Yeah, so. he's inside a hider, and he's going to stunt all the way around. Yeah. All the way around to get to the quarterback there. That's impressive. It, it's very nice. And, you know, that's how you want these things to look. And once again, you've got a similar look 
This time he restacks and he's setting it up for Hyder to go inside. Yeah. And this time takes on the tackle. The tackle gets overextended and he moves inside. It, it it's just the hand placement once again is fantastic, and you see that from all of Chris Cesarek's guys. Yeah, it's almost like it's a trend or a theme or something that he's really good at teaching. I don't know, maybe one hundred percent. Chris Cesarek is an excellent D line coach, and you see it by just how good these other guys are. Yeah, you know, just like how how well they play. Um, I know I remember this is pivotal, and this is when you got Buckner and you got D four, but he's one on one with a guard, and you see the way he keeps you see him hitting him and getting the offensive lineman on his heels off balance. That's what you're trying to do: get these guys off balance collapse the pocket when you're playing inside, especially with somebody like Aaron Rodgers. You want to collapse it on him as those outside edge rushers make him stay in and then you get the full, you know. Correct. And this is the this is the problem last this last right. season in twenty in twenty nineteen, right? In twenty twenty, excuse me, not twenty nineteen. Uh in twenty twenty, he was having to play on the edge. And his strength is that sort of power rush move. It's not a speed rush, it's a power yes. rush. So it's gonna be a lot a lot movement downhill, right? A little bit of movement side to side. If you're stunting him, that's different. Right, because he's not rushing downhill; he's rushing into a gap and having uh, taking uh, taking over an area that someone else is opening up by occupying two guys. Right, that's the whole purpose of the stunt. When his man's rushing straight downhill, he's rushing straight downhill. It's a power rush. It's a rip move, maybe a swim. He, he's trying to get to the quarterback as quickly as you can. Right, and we all know the quickest way between two points is a straight line. It's not going around. So when you have an edge rusher whose strength is that, it's not good on pass rushdowns. Right. Because if you are, like you said, with the inside rush, if you're trying to collapse the pocket and you don't have someone funneling the quarterback up into the pocket where the collapse is coming from, that leaves room and opportunity for the quarterback to get out in space. And that's when Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and those guys can kill you. Yep. Um, but this guy, I mean, really, he's a base down 4-3 defensive end. Absolutely. And then on obvious pass downs, he needs to slide inside, which was when you could pull DJ Jones off the field. That's when he was perfect when they had D Ford and Nick Bosa. Um, not having that this last year, yes, you saw Armstead playing out of position. Production was down, um, but I think that's a, to be expected when you have somebody that's playing more downs in a unfamiliar position that they shouldn't really be playing. Correct. You know, I mean, we saw that in college with Ken Law. They talked about him playing nose tackle, and maybe the numbers weren't as good as they were supposed to be because he's not playing his natural position. Same goes for Armstead. When you're not playing in your natural position, you're not going to have. Yes, you're doing the team a great service, and that's what that's what last year was. What, right. He put the team first and did the team a solid because if he wasn't playing that DN spot. You were going to be running with guys who had little to no experience yes. on the majority of snaps. And he's very successful in stopping the run. He really does set the edge well. The one struggle he has in the run game is the read option. A yes. lot of times he reads it wrong. You know, we'll follow the running back down the line of scrimmage when he should be staying put, squeeze it down, all those things. But um, that, that's hard. It's hard to play in space against a running back and a quarterback with the athletic ability of the guys in the NFC West. And he does a really good job overall. I don't get a lot of the hate, you know, that he gets. Because I think that really he's a talented player that the 49ers have used well and last year did the 49ers a solid. And I think this year he's going to go back and like you were talking about in the breakout, you know, defensive players, is this guy can have a 7 to 10 sack season and everyone will be talking about, well, here's Armstead again because he's that kind of talent. That Buckner hate is going to have an opportunity to melt away this year. That's what I'm most looking yeah. forward to for Eric Armstead. I, I The entire year last year, I felt terrible for him. Yeah. Watching every single game, watching him take flack from these talking heads in the national media about how he wasn't doing his job, yeah. he wasn't producing. I was like, dude, this, this dude is literally sacrificing stats this year to make sure the best four defensive linemen are on the field at all times. 100%. He sacrificed stats last year to make sure that we put the best four on the field. He did. That's, that's what he did last year yeah. for this team. 
He played out of position. He played out of his comfort zone. And he did that so that the defense had the best chance to make stops, get off the field, and get the offense the football. Yeah, sometimes when you give context to things and they start making sense, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta really look at the whole picture so you can <clears> understand <throat> what's going on. I think a lot of 49 fans are gonna be pleasantly surprised with what Eric Armstead does this season. Don't be shocked when this dude is like the defensive MVP of this team this year. I don't, I'm, I can't back that up because Fred Warner most likely still going to be. Yeah. But look, or Eric. Yes. <laughs> Eric Armstead, though, is in a position yeah. to break out and have a great year. I agree with that. And listen, the addition, having Bosa back, adding Sabs at Epicom, is only going to make his oh, job 100%. that much easier. Yeah, that was him rushing from the outside right there with the outside rip. That was pretty nice. Yeah. He can get it done. Oh, it's yeah. just situation. Arms extended, arm, you know, but that's the Jets, and they had, there's a reason they're drafting offensive linemen every year. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate indeed, my friend. Accurate indeed. Listen up next. It's our favorite squirrel in the mouth having gentlemen in Javon Kinlaw. Yeah. And this is my favorite clip of his right here. Yeah, you know, he's just not going to be denied. He's getting pulled to the ground, and he still gets there. Nice so, try, Saints. That's kind of that never quit attitude that you're talking about with Bosa, kind of the motor that just keeps running. That's something <clears> Kinlaw has. And you can see Kinlaw developing during the year. Um, but right there, he's making sure that there's no run. He's making sure the quarterback doesn't have an area to run, so he's holding the gap. And then once he sees that, you know, he can get to the quarterback, he does it. So that's why he's kind of sitting there watching and looking. A lot of people think, what's he doing? Get to the quarterback. And that's his job. That's his goal. That's what he's supposed to do. Well, in that clip that just played right now, right, that shows the level of difference between a guy like him right now and a guy like Armstead, right? We yeah. saw the Armstead clip um, inside there rushing against the Packers where he's punching. He's got great distance and separation from the offensive lineman. He's able to kind of control his movements, get him to turn his hips, and then he can attack at Aaron Rodgers. As a situation there, Kinlaw kind of get lets the offensive lineman get up into his right. pads a little bit, and that's that's the young por portion, right? That's the inexperienced. That's the his technique not being clean yet, which is why as 49er fans and we were saying, ideally last year would have been great if he was only playing 45, 50 percent of his snaps. I would say less, probably less than that. So we wanted him specifically as a rundown guy. That's what that was our thought the whole year. Is he's yeah. going to be in on rundowns because that's where his skill set is. He's big. He's physical. He's strong. Like, he's just going to be able to bully guys. So on rundowns, when you got a lineman firing out at you, you ain't moving this guy. No. You're going to have to send two guys at you. And if you're doing that, that means you're singling up. You're singling up your Fred Warners, your Dre Greenlaws, right. your Bosa's, um, your Fords, or your Armstead's on the perimeter, or your DJ Jones's. Like, you can't do that. But you're going to have to because in rundown situations, you're not going to be able to bully this guy and move him around. He's mm -hmm. going to be – he's he's already fantastic against the run. I love the stuff he's put on film, especially that Miami game. Some of some of the, the skill set and the athleticism he showed at squeezing down on the zone, inside zone runs and taking away gaps, forcing running backs to try and bounce outside, and then, then taking the distance and closing the distance on the running backs and making tackles for losses was absolutely incredible. He's just got to clean up technique stuff in the past game. Yeah, when the when the video comes up on the Washington football team, you'll see an absolutely great run, you know, run stop. I mean, he's just absolutely fantastic on the play. And it's one of the ones that I think is a standout of the year. With Kinlaw, you know, it was a definite process. I think Chris Kisarek seen the end potential of what Kinlaw could be, and he was really trying to develop and he was trying to mold that clay. And that's why in the beginning of the, the season, this is the Washington play right here, and then I'll pick up my thought is you'll actually see him see him slide over and now he's over the guard and they're going to be running the outside zone and he's going to get upfield and look at that the cutback and just cleans it he's got his eyes in the backfield that's how you're supposed to do it but chris kasarek was all about getting this guy to play low that was the goal hitting the bag low driving straight back and everyone was freaking out he's not using his moves he's only doing a bull he's rush. only doing a bull rush 
and it was all about getting his pad level low because once you start you beat that into him where he gets his pad level low all the time then he's going to be able to be successful in multiple facets of of playing defensive line first you have to be able to stop the run then you develop the pass game they developed this guy to be a interior defensive lineman not to play edge rusher and rush the passer um so that was what they were looking for <clears throat> develop that aspect of his game and then the pass rush will come with it plus there's already a pretty good pass rusher pass rusher in the sec this really has to work on his technique as far as hand placement and skills but he has he has some moves and some wiggle to him um especially for an interior defensive lineman he's a big strong fast guy that's only going to develop this year he takes a huge step forward because i think a lot of that stuff that they were trying to work out they got done in practice just give these guys time to develop. And he's going to have time to rest this year, too, which yeah. is going to be crucial because then when you have matchups in which he can exploit exploit a lineman later in the game, he hasn't played 90% of your snaps and is winded and exhausted. Yeah. And it's been a back-and-forth battle in which, you know, maybe early on you expected to beat this guy and you didn't. And now your confidence level is a little low late in the game. Whereas if he's only playing 50% of your snaps and he's able to come in fresh constantly, and DJ Jones is able to come in fresh constantly. And that lineman has to put out his A game every snap. He's got fresh legs and fresh arms right there bullying him around. Yep. Your confidence level is going to be sky high because every time you go in there, you know, I, I haven't played as much as you today. You've been dealing with a whole heck of a lot. And guess what? There's still more to come. Yeah. And in 2019, the 49ers had a nice rotation going. They had all rotation. the guys coming off the bench. You know, Ronald Blair, Sheldon, Sheldon Day, Julian Taylor. I mean, they just really did. They had a nice group of guys to go with their starters. And as those injuries happen, you've seen, you know, the, the defensive pass rush slowed down. The defensive mm -hmm. line play slowed down. Um, so getting that nice rotation was pivotal for the 49ers, and they did that. And I can't wait until we get into all these guys in this episode because some of these guys have the capabilities to improve even on what 2019 was. It's very true. It's very true indeed. And we still got quite a bit because that was only three, folks. It was three. We still got a whole heck of a lot more to go. And the next guy is DJ Jones, yep. a guy that we were all kind of surprised the Niners were even able to bring back. Yeah, that really surprised me. I mean, I did. I thought he was going to be gone. I thought somebody was going to see this guy's potential and make a move on him. There's not many nose tackles that can move like, the, like him, that can play the run like him. I mean, the things that he's done for the 49ers has been impressive. I think if he can stay healthy... Um, especially oh, it's now, my it's my favorite play. This one where he just bowls over the center. It's he gets him on his heels and just absolutely destroys him. Um, that is elite level talent. Oh, um, and then the athletic ability. You'll you'll notice a lot of times he will be able to play these quarterbacks when they try to get out. He makes sure he keeps the pocket intact. I mean, right there he got outside and made the play on Allen. Um, he he's he's a very solid player. Good technique, good skill set. I think with him, it's all about injuries. As long as he can stay healthy, he's a big-time contributor, and I'm so glad the 49ers got him back because now the 2019 off our defensive line is all there as far as starters-wise minus uh, Buckner, Buckner, and you replaced yeah. it with Kinlaw. Yeah, and listen, I, I know folks are still not happy about that. Well, I'm not even really I, I mean, over it, but... I'm not over it, but here's the thing, right? Like, you had to free up cap space. It was necessary, somehow. yes. It was a necessary loss. You were going to lose one of them. You, I know Buckner has come out and said that what he has said. Oh, I would have taken less to stay. I would, how much less? Yeah, because it's real easy to say you'll take less, but is less a one and a half million is less two million, or is less what, what the Niners were going to need, which was like six, seven and a half million dollars in cap space and money freed up pretty much every year. For was he going to take the Armstead deal? Basically, which was a lot less. Per and no, year. no way. There was yeah. no way he was going to take that, and nor should he take that. No, I mean, honesty. get what you can get, get paid. 
Absolutely. So listen, at the end of the day, DJ Jones, right? This is a great piece to add. Yeah. To bring back, excuse me, not add, because they already had him. Yeah. Uh, but to bring back, because he does all the things you need uh, your D-lineman to do already. You can use him in a variety of ways. He is athletic. He's way more athletic than than he appears. You look at him and you don't think he has the lateral quickness. And man, this guy does. Because mm-hmm. there's some times where he's able to get outside the pocket, even when he's not making tackles on quarterbacks who are scrambling. I'll tell you what, it's a lot harder if you're a quarterback scrambling and extending plays out of the pocket to keep your eyes downfield and pay attention to what play you could make with your arm when you got this guy breathing down your neck yeah chasing you down and basically closing the gap and you're sitting there going how is this dude this quick what is he how is he here um, i better just tuck this thing and run otherwise this dude this dude might hit me before i get a get the get the ball off and make a play yeah i mean and look who some of his sacks are against you know what i Wentz. mean Wentz, mm-hmm. a, you know athletic quarterback mm-hmm. kyler murray um russell wilson russell wilson um those are all guys that he's gotten to and that is you know that's great and when you can get that opening surge up the middle, and he is very good against the run as well. Yeah. Um, I think that is the difference between Kinlaw and Buckner is how good he is in the run support. Um, just because Buckner gives up so much size compared to what Kinlaw, Kinlaw is a good 315 pounds. He's big. Buck was under 300. So that's the difference in that. But DJ Jones was big, big, big to get back. Uh, he's, he's huge, man. I, I just, I'm super excited to see, especially if he's healthy and on the field yep. the entire time with this group. I mean, every game could be a different starting four. You could, could literally, be. you could roll a different four out there every game, depending on the team you're facing and what you think their scheme is going to be or what they want to come out in. I mean, that's the thing that's the most exciting for me is all the variety. And it's like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, except yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like hundreds of flavors. Well, and they're going to be able to rotate and stay fresh. So that's, that's the true. most important thing. You get these guys fresh and they're going to make a lot of plays. When you see that Carolina game, they were still fresh. Mm-hmm. It was good times. It too. was good times. It was good times. That was that was a game. I still remember that game and just thinking, oh man, this is Carolina team. They've been talking some mess. Like this is gonna be a good one. Oh, it's oh it's oh it's over. Yeah. Oh it's oh we're good. <laughs> oh we're really good. Yeah. It's like one of those things. It was that that nice little affirmation there that I thought we were that team. We that team. Yeah. One hundred percent. And guess what, folks? With all these pieces coming back and staying healthy so far. They very well could be that team again. Agreed. And if this guy is healthy and on the field, I'll tell you what, this is for sure going to be that team, if not like at a whole other level, because then you added Samson Bakum on top of D Ford. D Ford, a healthy D Ford. There is nothing like this guy in the league. There isn't. The way he gets off the ball is pretty much the best or one of the best in the NFL. Um, It's hard to find anyone else that can do what he can do. How many people can make chase Kyler Murray like that and make him want to go down? Um, there's not. And that oh. speed rush around the outside right there against Pittsburgh, fantastic. Dude, the, the bend, the dip that this yeah. guy has on his rip move, how skinny he gets in space, and he doesn't lose any speed when he does it either. Nope. That's the impressive part. Because a lot of guys will bend, dip, turn themselves, and make make themselves a nice small target. Yeah. And as they do that, you're losing some speed, right? Because your shoulders, your hips aren't turned towards your target. This guy seems to pick up speed. Oh, it's kind of crazy, dude. And you know what? There's a lot of people that are going to say, well, D Ford, how much can he play this year because of the back? Not a lot. But you know what? He's going to be a specialty guy. He's going to be a pitch hitter. You bring him in on obvious plays where you need a home run play. So third and long, here comes D Ford. And you can use him in that role, and he can make big-time plays for you. Um, He's not going to be out there a lot. But when he is out there, you know what you're getting from him. You're getting a guy that can get up the field and scare not only offensive tackles, but quarterbacks, and you want to put that fear of God into them, and you want to get him up the field, and he's a, a technician, another guy that does great hand placement, 
really can use a variety of different moves anything from speed like you said to bend the corner but also he can push inside the stunts that him and nick bosa do when they're on the same side oh man are so impressive those are my favorite yep. just think back yeah. to the, Cle the cleveland game that cleveland game that inside stunt where bosa trips up mayfield and then d ford literally comes on top and just yep. sandwiches him down is great yeah he he's he's a phenomenal player and he just adds so much i mean right there that guy had no chance no. zero chance offensive tackle had zero chance of stopping him he literally just uh, li quit his kick slide turned and tried to run with them around it was I mean, how, many, how many guys in the league can make a tackle do that? There ain't very many. The, that's elite kind of player. You know, I mean, probably this guy, Miles Garrett, you know, kind of guys like that. Um, I mean, that's why when they traded a second-round pick for him, it made a lot of sense. And if you're getting early 2019 D Ford, as far as when you spot play him, if you're getting that kind of, you know, ability, the speed, the quickness, the strength, if you're getting that, even if it's 15% of snaps, 20% of snaps, 100% he's still worth it. Well, and those 20% those of snaps now become snaps that turn in your favor. So now it's about putting him on the field when he can make the biggest impact. Yep. So those that 20% of snaps go your way. Because if, if he can win those 20% of snaps and those are all key moments in time in a game that can change the momentum and, and kill a team's progression towards a comeback or kill a team's progression towards sustaining or maintaining a lead, lead or sustaining a drive yep. when we need the ball back, it's a game changer. Well, say it's third and nine, and this guy's coming off the edge, and all of a sudden now the quarterback throws it short because he doesn't have the time. D4 made an impact, even if he didn't get to the quarterback. And those are the things you're looking for. And now the combinations, as we're going to talk about these other guys as we go forward, the combinations that you can put out there at one time, as far as the speed element, now that you've got Nick Bosa back, hopefully D4 back, to go with some of the guys we're going to talk about, especially um, one of our free agent signings. That's it's impressive. True. It's, it's in, gonna, in fact, he might be the next guy. He might be the next guy. It's going to be so impressive because <clears throat> the 49ers have not only insulated themselves in case D. Ford isn't healthy, but they've also put it where they have two straight home run hitters in the past game opposite of Nick Bosa, oh. which Nick Bosa is a straight home run hitter when it comes to pass rush, and you can, now you've got other guys. You could say that. You could make that argument. <laughs> uh, I'd be kind of hard to not make that argument. And listen, look – I know there's people doubting Nick Bosa because of the, the knee stuff, right? The ACL, yeah. is he going to be the same? It's not the same. Like, ACL injuries 20 years ago were a big deal. Yeah. ACL injuries now, not that big of a deal. The way that they handle ACL injuries, cadaver surgeries, where they insert a cadaver from, from a, another body into, into it, take an ACL from a cadaver, put it into, you know, your ACL, that's changed the way ACL surgeries happen. They've also now started taking hamstring muscles and quad muscles, yeah. a section of it, and putting it in. And it's actually a stronger stronger than a tendon would be, which would make the ACL and the knee stronger and more stable. I'm not sure what surgery he had, but ACLs in general, the injury itself, how they treat it, how, how they operate on it, it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. It's not right. a death sentence for an athlete anymore. No, and he's a guy that's over, overcame one once before. He had one sure. in high school, overcame <clears throat> it, still was a great player. So he knows what he has to do. He's ready. You know, he's going to be back, and he's going to be better than ever. And, you know, a year from now, people are going to forget he ever even tore his ACL. I can't wait for that. It's going to be super <laughs> exciting, bro. It's going to be super exciting. Listen, we already we already spoiled it, right? We got I got too excited. I, I won't put that on it. I got too excited. The next guy, Sanson Epicom. Yeah. All right. I danced around it pretty good for a while. <clears throat> you did. You did, and I just couldn't help myself. I'm too excited. Listen, this guy right here, this is your eventual D Ford replacement, full-time replacement. Yeah. He's not quite there yet. He's still got a lot of things he's got to develop and work on. But I'll tell you what, the athleticism, there. Speed, there. Craftiness, there. That's one of my favorite things about this guy mm -hmm. is how he rushes the passer. Not just 
that he does it and does certain things well in the speed and the athleticism aspect, but the creativity at which yeah. he gets there. Because sometimes the bend and the rip move, it's not the same as D4s, and he doesn't have the same no. type of speed. Which means sometimes you get to a spot and the guy beats you there. And he gets his hands on you early, and you don't have the same leverage or the attack point or the attack angle that you wanted. And he still finds a way to free himself up, create a, a, an avenue, a little window. He takes that door, that D, that left tackle starts to slam it shut, and he's like, but just, 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 and he just inserts it and cracks it open. And as soon as that crack is there, he kicks the door wide open and gets to the quarterback. I mean, You'd love to see it. Yeah, this play right here, I mean, actually, the offensive tackle does a great job of getting into his chest. I mean, that's not a great pass rush from uh, Ebicom. I mean, it's not. But what he does is he he fights through it. And this is what I was talking about in other episodes is that we, we he really needs to work on his power move. You see that right there? I, I talked about it in our breakout episode. He really does need to play lower, get underneath that offensive lineman if he's going to use a power move. Um, but really the athleticism and speed right there, he's just keeping his outside leverage and then accelerates and makes a play. Um, those types of things you can't, you know, ultimately teach that speed. I think he's actually more athletic than D Ford. Yeah. But he doesn't play with the consistency because he doesn't have the technique yet. Those are things he's going to have to improve. You're right. He has to improve the first step. This one, he's out in space covering someone coming across the line of scrimmage. Um, that will be invaluable too. You can use him in all kinds of different ways. That's. I think that's yeah. the one. The one aspect of his game that brings in that's going to be different than the guys we've had in that position is. He's not a bad guy, and not not bad at coverage out there in space, especially in the flats. Yeah, he's athletic enough. He's quick enough. He can stay with running backs. He can stay with tight ends. It's not the end of the world if this guy is hands down as an edge rusher, and then all of a sudden, whoop, he pops up and go drops out into a coverage or to a zone or just to cover the flats, and you're sending blitzes from other directions. It actually just makes this team harder to predict. It does because you see Nick Bosa running a lot of uh, you know zone coverage, um, just dropping him out with those zone blitzes, and they could do the same thing with this guy. Um, that was, I, th I think that was something they planned on doing with D Ford a lot more as well, but he, he's kind of nicked up here and there. So it does give them the capabilities to do that, and he, he's more than capable of doing a lot of big-time things. Oh, yeah. um, this guy is probably the guy I'm most excited to watch on the defensive line just because I know what his potential is, and I know that once he gets the techniques and Chris Kacera can teach him the techniques and how to play lower, like I've talked about with Kinlaw, you get this guy playing lower, and then you start putting those technique things that Nick Bosa – and that Armstead and D4 do well in the hand placement, and you start putting that all together, and he's going to go from being a four or five sack guy to being a close to double digit sack guy, which I think he's going to get really close to. You do, I, and I think that he could be, you know, a big time weapon. But right here, he's getting to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And you, I know some of you in chat right now, but he's slow. If it's one of the yeah. guys in the NFC, what? Agreed with you there. If that's Stafford, that's a sack. That's that's a sack if it's Stafford. It's 100 percent accurate. You know, so I mean, there is. I mean, and let's be honest, he wouldn't have taken an inside route if that was Russell Wilson or if that was Kyler uh, Murray. You would, you would have spent the whole week working on taking that outside angle, attacking that outside shoulder, forcing yeah. him to make him step up in the pocket. Don't let him roll out or, or reverse out and get in space. If he's going to escape to the outside, it needs to be because our interior defensive lineman didn't get enough pressure up the middle and close the pocket down so there right. are no escape avenues. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing is also knowing who they're playing and how they're you know operating. I mean, this one's just Daniel Jones, and that's him and Aaron Donald just decided to take Daniel Jones out of the picture. Um, and that that's – he's a great player. I really do. I think i think this guy can be a solid player this year, and I think he's someone that 49er fans can be excited about also in the future because I think he's going to show up. I agree with you there, man. I'm, I'm very excited to see what Sansom Ebicom brings to the table. But I'm also excited about this next guy because Zach Kerr, this is a big body dude. This, this is a big. This first clip too. This is what we're gonna have coming in when DJ Jones is on a break. 
I mean, he he, <laughs> he liter- destroyed that double team. And he didn't he didn't even get skinny. It wasn't like it was great technique. It was just I'm really big and strong, and I can overpower everyone. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. The other area this guy is fantastic is stopping the run. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good right there. He got a little bit better getting skinny, but I mean. It wasn't. I guess that's the same play, huh? Because it, it, uh, yeah, it's the same. It, it was not as good as I wanted to be. I want him to get skinny. He kind of just beats and then you know tries to beat the guy off the ball and then gets skinny at the end. But on this one, he's just one on one with the guard and he just continues to push the guy back and bull rush. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about collapsing the pocket. Um, Kerr is big and strong enough to do that. No, he's he's a big bodied individual, man. I'll tell you what, right there is a perfect example of him against the run game, and that's that's awesome. against one of the best running backs in the league in Dalvin Cook and a team that's very very good in the run in Minnesota. Yeah. They're very good with their scheme. Zimmer is very creative with how he how he frees up Dalvin Cook in space, and it just doesn't matter here because Zach Kerr understands where the play is going. He's able to fight off the block. He shows the inside look like he's going to step inside. Dalvin Cook puts his foot in the ground, tries to jump cut outside. Kerr is able to just physically remove the guard from his space, and is like, hey, by the way, fella, I'm here. <laughs> You're not going there. I'm right here. And now for Dalvin Cook, too, with... I mean, with that exact clip right there, he throws the guard into the hole. Yeah. So now, even if Dalvin Cook wants to go that direction and can, there's someone there, which means he's going to go there slowly, and Kerr is athletic enough and strong enough to get there quickly, get his mittens on you, and once he's got his mittens on you, you're not going nowhere. Yeah, one of the most important things is to be able to disengage from the offensive lineman, and that's what he proved in that run play, is he was able to not only... You know, get where he wanted to go, but also disengage from the offensive lineman and make the tackle. And these are those big time plays that you need in the game, the big time stops where it, it kills the drive because they were counting on Cook getting at least two or three yards and he doesn't get it. You know, and then right here it's just a no quit. I mean, they're literally holding him from behind. They were trying to double him. He still pushes his way all the way to the quarterback, never quit. And what have we talked about with Kinlaw and Bosa, guys that never quit? Now you add this guy to it as well. It's almost like there's a theme and there's like a type of guy that they want with certain characteristics and immutable qualities that they want, you know, represented. I don't know. That's kind of crazy. Well, and now you're talking about depth, right? Because we've been talking about guys that that are interchangeable. So we talked about Ford and Ebicom, and now we're talking about Kerr and DJ Jones. So now look at our rotation. So if you have one guy resting, that means the other guy is playing and you're not falling off very far. Kerr is going to be probably the best nose tackle replacement we've had, (coughs) especially during the Shanahan Lynch era. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to be able to come in there. And I mean, this guy is way better than Sheldon Day, like way, way better than Sheldon Day. Is this an upgrade over Solomon Thomas? 100%. Because Solomon Thomas is not a nose tackle. He's a no. he's a three tech or a defensive end playing, mm-hmm. you know, the outside um, in the wide nine. But I think he should have been playing D tackle. I think he should have built up, you know, his, his size and everything. So yes, as far as nose tackle, this is an upgrade. Um, Ken Law and some of the guys we're gonna talk about are also upgrades over Solomon Thomas because he just never panned out and lived up to potential. That's correct. And this but this is what I mean, right? Like this is this is a major upgrade in terms of just talent on the field. Yeah. They don't play the same position. But if you have Kerr on the field, you're not losing something somewhere else. Yeah. And you can have other guys on the field. You have you added Sansom Epicom like we talked about. You you have D4 hopefully coming back and able to play some sort of snaps and some sort of repetitions on the field. And on top of that, they added a couple other guys from the Raiders. Yeah. Who and might be able to fill some of those roles and those needs as well. And if you were just, if we just went over just the guys we talked about, you would be like, oh my gosh, that's an impressive defensive line. That is. But there's more coming. <laughs> But wait, there's more. Uh, look, next up, Mr. Mohurst. Yeah. And uh, another guy who is just... 
I feel bad for the next two guys because they just didn't produce in Oakland. And yeah. whether or not that's on them or whether that's scheme, I watched some of the clips that we have here, and I tend to lean towards scheme because these guys, if you can put them in a situation where they have other guys around them and they're not getting double teamed or looked at as the most important aspect that a guy has to block, this is a great piece. They're great pieces. Yeah. Oakland has not done a great job of building that D-line. They haven't done a great job of building their defense just in general. Their defense is not good. So you're putting a lot of pressure on these guys to be the man, and they're just not the man-type players. But they have individual skill sets that, when added to a whole unit and a whole group, can shine and can thrive. Maurice Hurst and Zach Kerr, both of them, I feel like they could be huge pieces in San Francisco. Well, and now Mo Hurst is going to be a guy that comes in for Kenley. <laughs> and he's going he's to be able to give this guy breaks playing in that three-tech role. And he is big, physical. He likes to drive people back. But also, you see the athleticism to get out there and stop a Julian Edelman on a fly, Edelman on a fly sweep. Um, in fact, I think this might be the play right here. And he's going to fight through. And look at him. Just like get away from the cut block, get up the field, and make the tackle. There's not too many guys physically that can do that. This guy is a, a crazy good athlete, a crazy good player. And once again, a guy that we're counting on, a Chris Cassera getting the most out of him. Yeah. Because his technique and stuff is pretty good. I mean, are there things he could clean up? Yes. But he plays low. He plays physical. He plays fast. So a lot of it, you're right, has to go to how they were wanting him to play and what they're wanting him to do. Um, right there, he collapsed the pocket. Um, but that's what you're looking for. The one thing I think that we can see is, you know, right there, he's driving the guy back. The one thing I watch on other film is maybe he needs to work on disengaging a little bit better. That's one thing. Disengage from the offensive lineman, something that Kerr's really good at that this guy could fix. Oh, 100%. And that's the thing, right, is I feel like Kerr, adding Kerr in, a guy like Kerr, and Bosa, because Bosa's hand placement is great, and he's really good at creating separation, yep. too, away from these offensive linemen. You can learn from each other. Oh, easy. He was a starter on, on Oakland. That means there's not a guy on the roster who does that better than he does. There's not really anyone from, for him to learn from. Right. I think we all can agree that Kacerik is probably one of the best D-line coaches in the league at this point. I mean, with everything the 49ers defensive line has done since he's been there. I would say so. I, I think it, it's it's not even a question for me. The argument is, is whether or not he is the best. He's definitely one of the best. And yeah. so you bring these guys in who have a lot of potential and have shown things like the athleticism, the ability to recognize, the recognition on this fly sweep play here from him and knowing that there's most likely going to be some sort of action that's going that is designed to make sure that he can't blow this up, right? Because he's off the, just outside the left guard there, or right guard, excuse me, when that play happens. He's just off the right guard. The, the, the handoff is happening at center position. So if he drives that guard back in space, you blow that entire play up Yep. if he's able to get into the backfield. So what's the Patriots solution to that? We're going to cut his behind, put him on the ground. There's no way he can disrupt this play. He sees the motion and it's like, yeah, I know what you're doing here. Yeah. And he's able to get out of that way. He has the IQ and the intelligence. He has the things necessary to be on the field, recognize something and know what he has to do. Now is the time to develop the skills and the extra tools needed for him to have even more success. Because if you have more tools that you can use in order to be successful or how to handle different types of looks, double teams, you know, if a guy's going to reach you in space and you, your job here isn't necessarily to rip through and go make a play, but hold your ground things of that nature, how to shed and disengage off of a block once you've caught in red, again, zone reads, zone runs and things of that nature, man, you add those tools to his repertoire and this man's going to be dangerous. Well, he's also going to come to a system where their defensive line is encouraged to attack. It's true. I mean, they, these guys want to get upfield, cause disruption, make plays, 
and that's what he's coming into. It's it's all gas, no brakes. I mean, that's what it's been. Um, Sola instituted it. It's going to continue with D'Amico Ryans, and that's how Chris Caceres coaches it. You get upfield, you cause issues, and you make plays. And this guy is going to relish that opportunity, and because his snaps is going to be cut down, he's going to you know have a lot more energy and be able to make plays against these offensive linemen who are going to wear down as the game goes on. And you're rotating these guys through Hurst and Kinlaw. It's like, oh, we get to see these guys again. And, you know, that's the thing when you're splitting snaps, you can definitely put pressure on the offensive linemen because you don't rotate offensive linemen during mm -hmm. a game, but you do rotate defensive linemen. And these guys are big, fast, and physical and cre can create as long as the technique is better, as long as he can disengage from an offensive lineman better. This guy was a huge signing. I know I'm excited about it because I see the potential in what he could do. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And the next guy, Arden Key, another former Raider. Raider. Yeah, and this guy's a base down 4-3 defensive end. I mean, he can he can play on third down, but he can he's a base, you know, 4-3 guy in our wide nine. Um, you'll see him playing kind of out there. And the one thing I noticed about him is a lot of it is his athletic ability. He's able to get down, you know, the line of scrimmages and make plays. Um, but there's a lot of technique work that needs to go into it, um, which makes you question, you know, a little bit. Hey, what are they teaching over there in Las Vegas? Are they teaching these guys the proper techniques? Um, is this what they're asking them to do? I don't know the context. I, you know, haven't studied their defensive line extensively, um, but I have looked into both of these guys. And the one thing I saw was extremely athletic, gifted players that maybe haven't developed in the technique the way you would expect. Um, things that I expect Chris Kassar could be able to take care of. And once he does, these two guys should be able to go off. And I like Arden Key as an upgrade over Dion Jordan. That's, yes. And I think that's what we needed was that base 4-3 guy. I think I feel a lot better with Arden Key in the game if Armstead needs a break than I did with some of the other guys that we rolled out there last year. I'm not expecting this guy to go out and have Kerry Hyder numbers, but no. he has Kerry Hyder potential. And that's, he's faster than Kerry Hyder. Right. And Kerry Hyder is what he is because of Chris Kacarek. Let's not forget, he's he's in Detroit with Chris Kacarek, has a great year. Incredible year. When he's without Chris Kacarek, not very good. Gets back with Chris Kacarek and he gets a huge contract. Maybe the denominator, the key denominator is Chris Kacarek and maybe Arden Key's ready to have a big year. We just don't know it he's, yet. He's sitting there going like, man, how does this Kerry Hyder do keep doing? Oh, it's Chris Oh, it's San Francisco. Oh, I that's guarantee like, they're talking Kacerik about it. Guy. Yeah, listen, I guarantee I, it. Listen, if, if Mo Hurst, Kerr, and Key all have big years for the Niners, in limited snaps, like every team in the league is going to be like, what the heck is going on? If you're a D lineman who's struggling in the league, you just got to pick up the phone and call San Francisco. Yeah. Hey, you got a lot of potential, a lot of talent. Chris Kacarek on line one, he's going to help you out because listen, I, I agree with everything you just said on Mr. Arden Key here. I think there's a lot of potential, but it's potential. Yeah. And he's the type of guy who comes to San Francisco because he knows he's running out of time with that potential. You have to show and do something with it. Otherwise, it's no longer potential. It's just what if. Yeah. What if you had developed? What if you had shown the things you needed to show? What if you had learned the things you needed to learn? And I have to tell you, I have a feeling that it's just that Vegas Raiders staff and whatever they're doing there defensively, it's just not working. Well, if you're not a guy that gets motivated, Chris Kacarek, you're not going to last in Chris Kacarek's defense. Oh, yeah. He's going to make sure you stay motivated. But if you look at the, the things you want to have check, right? Length, check. Check. Athleticism, check. Hustle, check those are all things that Stat. No, it's not those are all things that work in chris caseric's defense true he's going to mold him this guy's going to play good and i think we'll all be like wow another great signing by john lynch and the 49ers because this defensive line is not not rebuilding reloading reloading that's the key term here folks the gold rush has reloaded 
and the revenge of the gold rush is real. It is real. And we still have two more people to talk about. I know. I love talking line. If you, hey, listen, if you're enjoying this right now as much as we're enjoying it, make sure you hit that like button and hit that subscribe button. Like our boy Peter Novak did a little bit earlier, you want to be a part of all this great content. You know you do. Uh, next is a guy that's a familiar face, yeah. Mr. Kevin Givens. Yeah, and I think we put him here because we're at the point now <laughs> where this guy's a fringe guy. And only, I wouldn't have thought he was a fringe guy if he didn't have the offseason issues. True. But I also wouldn't have thought he's a fringe guy if they wouldn't have signed Maurice Hurst and some of the guys that they signed. That's awesome. But this guy is a outstanding development player. You see the quick athletic ability right there getting inside that block, you know, being able to get the rip, just anticipating what the offense is going to do. That is great. I think as a player, it's hard to keep this guy off the roster. Um, just the things he can do in the development. And this is what we're talking about with Kaserik. He developed Kevin Givens into what he is now. Uh, he, he, how many snaps was he legitimately yeah. playing at the beginning of the year? He wasn't playing any. And then all of a sudden by the end of the season, yes, there were injuries. But guess what? Those injuries happened in week two. Yeah. And he wasn't on the field. Something changed. He grew. It's almost like he got better over time. It's nuts. Well, I think he grew a little bit in 2019. Got a little, little bit, bit better. Little bit. 2020, we kind of had a little bit bigger expectations. And I thought that at times, like right there, splitting Beautiful. that double team, he got skinny. That's fantastic. That's what Kerr should have done mm. on the previous play, you know, that we saw earlier. Um, that is that is textbook. Like, that's how you do it. Um, some of those things are impressive. And that quick first step you see from Chris Kaserik players is very evident with Givens. He's going to be hard to beat out. Correct. The Fourniers are going to agonize and trying to find a way to keep him because if he gets cut for any reason, somebody is pouncing on this guy because for some teams he's he's right up there in their full rotation and even maybe even starting on a few rosters. That's 100% accurate. And listen, um, you know, we we've talked about this in in our breakout defensive episode. Horse brought it up and he mentioned it, right? There are potentially 75 guys in this roster who could start yeah. NFL teams. It's not wrong. And Kevin Givens is one of those guys. He could be on an active roster and playing football, if not as a starter, on an every down or almost every down basis. He has improved greatly. He, he's a little bit undersized in the defensive interior line, but he makes up for that with his quickness and his first step and his skill set. He's technically sound, man. He is. He looks good on film. That is still one of my favorite plays is that play against the Bills because Josh Allen looks absolutely stunned that this dude that he's never heard of is all the way in the backfield blowing up this inside little zone run play. Um, man, against the outside zones, he's great. Yep. Right? He's fantastic against outside zones. And he's actually pretty solid in pass game too, in pass coverage. He struggles against double teams. That's going to happen because he's a smaller guy in size. He doesn't have the long arms. He doesn't have that explosiveness and that power to fight through all that. So he has his limitations. But that's what makes him a great rotational piece in the system. Yeah, and I think he does remind you, if you watch film, of DJ Jones. Yep. I mean, similar athleticism, similar body style, similar build, similar technique. Um, DJ just does that at a higher level. Mm -hmm. DJ's also far, farther along in his development with Chris Kacerik. Um, but both of them are so similar in that. And I think that Givens, as long as all the off-field issues are taken care of, can grow in this system, can grow in, in Chris, with Chris Kacerik, and training camp can come out preseason, we'll get to see him. And he could really make a name for himself and push some of these other guys to be in this rotation. I think the 49ers would love to keep him. If they did keep him to go with the guys we've already talked about, that interior defensive line is the best interior defensive line in the league. I don't care who are the big names on the other teams. From top to bottom, it's the best. I, I agree with you there. And it's 10 guys. It's 10 guys, and you can interchange those, those 10 guys in so many different yep. ways. It's actually kind of mind-boggling yeah. when you think about it. It really is. It's insane.
they've done a good job of making sure they grab guys and put them together. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's util. It's all, some of them are utility guys. They're not going to just play one spot. They can play in a multitude right. of different areas on different downs and different situations. Which means you get to pick and choose who goes in when on what situations. It just gives you the. It's, it's the spice of life, man. Well, and it gives you the ability to take advantage of matchups. So if you're finding offensive linemen that may be weak in one area, you have a defensive lineman that can do it. So if you have an offensive guard that is weak against stopping a bull rush, you can go with a Kerr or a Kinlaw. Those guys are very powerful, get push you straight back. And if maybe it's a guy that struggles with quickness, you can use Hurst, you know, or one of these other guys move Armstead inside. You have the flexibility to do so. You can take advantage of mismatches. That's what it's all about. And then when you get these guys that are creative enough to do it, you put them out there, then you then the sky's the limit. And that's what Chris Kacerik's looking at. You get motivation, you get, you know, athleticism and talent, and then he puts it in the right spots, and then bingo. All of a sudden, you got all the ingredients to have a, one heck of a defensive line and the revenge of the gold rush. It's coming, folks. It, it's coming. Uh, listen, last guy on the list, Jordan Willis. I yeah. know, that might surprise some of you, but you know what? He surprised a lot of people. When we, when we made the trade with the Jets for him, I didn't expect a whole lot. Yeah. And by the end of the season, I was actually kind of impressed. And I, and I remember we were sitting down in one of our production meetings talking about what the 53-man roster could look like before we made any sort of 53-man roster projection videos or start talking about that kind of stuff. And all of us are kind of like, I don't know, can you, if he continues to get better, right, and continues to look the way he was looking towards the end of the season, can you really let this guy go? I don't think you can. Well, it depends on how you know how many of the other talented guys are healthy. It's true. Um, I, I think that if D Ford is not healthy, that this guy probably makes the team. If D Ford is healthy, this guy might not. And that's unfortunate because if you watch his development from the time he got there in San Francisco till the end of the season, there was improvement. Not something vast where you're like, oh my gosh. But you even saw it with like a guy like Alex Barrett, who got better as the season went on. And it was like, wait, who's that guy? Yeah, why uh, sixty four playing defense again? Yeah. Uh, is that hacksaw? Um, but <laughs> you see that you know that he can bend the corner and he can do that. But he has a different style of game. But he one thing he struggles with a lot of it's power technique. But it's the secondary move, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't rip off of it very good. He doesn't disengage from an offensive lineman. Right well, there, he got that he got anchored. Luckily, he just doesn't quit, and that's one of the key aspects. But of I mean, what you just said too about the differences, like this, this was early, right? This Saints game yeah. happened before that Packers game. You can see there the, the the struggle he has getting off of that block, creating some separation so we can make that secondary move. Yeah. Flash forward to that Green Bay game. Right here. And watch it. And he's, he's rushing engaged. for that wide nine. And Boop. He, I mean, he did. He got around the corner and he beat that offensive tackle pretty bad. And he doesn't get he doesn't get caught up in the in, he doesn't get caught up. The hand placement isn't able to slow him down. He's able to get his body, manipulate his arms and shoulders where he wants them. Gets underneath that top arm. The lineman gets a little high swoops underneath it and he's able to bend that corner and get around that shows just that just it and that was a short amount of time that wasn't a big yeah wasn't a 10 week stretch between those two games in a short amount of time from the time he got to san francisco to that point in time in green bay that's a that's a big big difference and something he wasn't showing at all when he was in new york with the jets no i mean i think he was doing a lot better than he did with the jets um there is a lot of development that needs to go here um, he's not as athletic as Arden Key. He's mm-hmm. not as long as Arden Key mm-hmm. um, as far as arms go. And that those are things that can be developed. But he's got a lot of potential. A lot of people forget this guy was a third-round pick coming out of college. And that's the same as Arden Key. That's how talented these guys are. Third-round picks that can do a lot of damage. And I think he still is somebody Kacerik can develop. And the fact that he's had half a season or a little over half a season with Chris Kacerik and now will have a full training camp and a full offseason – 
he can develop those things. Those techniques and things are going to get better. Going against Trent Williams and going against uh, McGlinchey and McKivitz and Brunskill and all these guys on every every single day is going to make him a better player. He's not going. Let's line him up against the Silverback consistently. He's not going to be able to power rush. He's going to have to learn what to do. That's only going to make him better. So I think he's somebody that can develop. And if there's an injury, he's definitely going to make this roster. If there's not. It's between him and Givens, and that's the question. Do you take it, keep an interior defense alignment or do you keep an extra outside speed pass rusher? Um, because I think he can play a base 4-3, just like Arden Key, just like Armstead so, and Bosa. So he might be a guy that you think about keeping, but I think those are the guys it comes down to. Hey, you know what? It's going to be interesting. This, this entire D-line position battle and who's going to make this roster and who's not, it, it's going it, to be sweaty gonna be real real yeah. sweaty i think everybody on that roster is gonna be sweating down to the very last minute other than obviously the the solidified bona fide studs who we and we know who those are i'm not gonna go through and list all of them um but man top to bottom this d-line group no matter what pieces they put in place i'm gonna be comfortable with it because i trust chris kasarik yeah. fully and i think there's two sets that i'm the most excited to see two okay. you know personnel groupings the first one being bosa and ford on the outside with uh kinlaw and armstead inside that's number one. That's that's when I want to see just because it'll, it'll give me the kind of the, the throwback to 2019, you know, the base. And then there's the one that will scare the living daylights out of everyone. And that is Bosa, Armstead, Ford, and Ebicom. All together, um, the ultimate speed package, the ultimate group of pass rushers. Uh, wh where everyone ends up is the biggest question the offensive line has to figure out. Will they all be, will they all be standing at the same time? Um, and moving around, that's the question. Can you, can you imagine that, right? Like, if you're yeah. an offensive lineman and you see that, how terrifying is that prospect? Because yeah. Bosa, Bosa most likely is lining up inside with Armstead, with Ebicum and Ford on the outsides. They're going to... Or Ebicum and, and Ford right, on the it inside. Could be the other way. But here's the thing. None of them, none of them are going to rush straight. None of them are going to... Probably they not. Are, they are going to be going all over. It's going to be like Pop Warner in high school football when you see the mosquito package that goes out there. <laughs> and just all the little people running right. around in circles. Well, and the thing that happens too is be, like we touched on earlier, when you have Bosa and you have Ebicom on the field, they can also drop. So yes, then you're, you're blitzing one of the best blitzing linebackers in Fred Warner. You blitz Dre Greenlaw, who's Kwan, excellent at it. K1 Williams. Yeah, Kawan Williams coming off the edge. K1 oh, uh, Williams. I mean, he is. that is all going to happen. And that's <clears> not even the added dimension. We all believe that the safeties are going to blitz too this year. Oh, yeah. And if you have, you know, somebody coming off the outside, one of these guys, Tart, you know, or Ward or Moore or even Hufanga, um, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff that they're going to do with this defense, but it all is predicated and set up on how good this defensive line is. Stay healthy. Chris Kassarek, keep developing him because Please. there's so much potential there. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if they are healthy, this defensive line is better than 2019. Yeah, I, I will go there too. And I will even, I will even, I'll go one step further with the boldness and not just better than 2019. They're going to set the single season sack record for an entire defensive line. I like group. it. I like happen, it, folks. and you know, I'm going to make it clear. I don't think as a starting, the starting group is better than 2019 because I don't think Ken lost to Buckner's level, but as an overall defensive grouping, they're better. So just to make it clear, so everyone understands where I'm coming from. But don't want to freaking out. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, it the, the highest sack numbers is not out of the realm of possibilities because these guys are built on speed, athleticism, and they're coached by one of the best to do it in the NFL um, with a very creative. Uh, defensive mind because everything I've heard about D'Amico Ryans even since he was in college was that he's very creative and he all knows the ins and outs of defense 
don't think he doesn't have some ideas. Plus, a lot of people forget Kyle Shanahan studied defense in Tampa Bay with those guys. He knows what's up. He's definitely going to be there. Plus, they brought in um, another guy to help as well. You know, call it. Brought him in from Arizona, Betcher. So he's going to help. What is he known for? Blitzing and stuff like that. So that's what it's going to be about. These guys are going to cause all kinds of pressure. You know what I want to see? I want to see Russ running. I want to see Kyler scared. I want to see all that. And Stafford, welcome to L.A., where we play in the West. This ain't the same place you were up in the North, boy. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Listen, you had your dome. It protected you. It kept you safe. You got another dome there. But guess what? It's in California, right? Yeah. The sun's shining. And guess what? When that sun's shining, this gold rush is going to be glistening in it's that sun. You, that the, the pass rush is going to blind you. You're not going to be able to see a gosh darn thing, Matt Stafford. So you better be ready. Because the gold rush is coming. The revenge is coming. It's coming. For the entire NFC, for the entire league. The whole song is playing. We don't want more copyright. We already got enough. We already got enough of it from this episode. Listen, let us know what you think about this uh, this video breakdown down below. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did we miss something? Did we not cover something we should have? We want to hear from you. How excited are you about the 2021 Gold Rush? Is this going to be something we've never seen before in San Francisco? Something the league's never seen before? Or are we doing all of this for nothing? They're all going to get hurt. You're going to be that guy? Don't be that guy. All right? Don't do it. Get excited, get hype, and while you're down there getting hype in the comment section, don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe like your boy Peter did earlier, all right? You're watching this right now, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell as well. That way you're notified for all of this great content coming your way. This is the season of optimism, and that's what we're showing right here, but I think we gave a a really good look into what is coming for the 49ers. Um, Not only what they have, but what they're going to do with it. And I'm so excited about it. And I'm excited about everything that's happening also with this channel, all the people that have been jumping on, leaving great comments and and interacting. We've had some great conversations. Join in the conversation. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss all the great things that are coming up in the future because we have lots of big plans and they're all going to be coming up pretty soon. Um, And that's what it's about. It's about optimism, and we're optimistic not only about this team, but about the future of the channel. That's right. It's about love. It's about connection. <laughs> it's about connecting with people as well. We got special guests coming up here in the future, too. You don't want to miss anything we got coming out. And until next time, 49ers fans, you stay safe. And remember, the right way is always, always the 49ers, 49ers way. way.